You're listening to The Food Talk Show. Hi there, my name is Sue Nelson and for the next half an hour or so we're going to be talking all things food and drink and thankfully we're not going to be talking about Viagra curry this week, I'm no. pleased to say. Yeah, we're, we're, We had to steer our way through that. We're back to a slightly more normal world. So we've got nuts instead, yeah. that'll do. Um, so I'm joined by my fellow presenter Ollie Lloyd, founder of Great British Chefs. You're off the hook for this one, Ollie? I am off the hook. Thank goodness. And um, Holly Shackleton, editor of Speciality Food Magazine. Hi. Hi. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Good, good. Yes. All good. Thank you. Um, our guests today are Franco Beer of Bocca. Have I got that right? It is Bocca. It is, yeah. It's a, it's a play on the Italian word Bocca. Bocca. Uh, mouth to eat. Uh, so, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. But it's phonetically, it's... Bocca, yeah, got that right. Bocca. And Sean Porter, who's got a number of roles, um, including California walnuts. We've got loads to talk about, but that's one of them. Yeah, con- yeah I'm a consultant dietitian to California walnuts. California walnuts. So uh, we're going to start with that. Do you use walnuts? Do you know, one of my favourite desserts is a chocolate uh, walnut tart from by a guy called Sean Rankin, who was one of the great chefs of uh, the Channel Islands and now is based in London. I've been to his restaurant in Jersey. It was very nice indeed. I had a tasting menu. It yeah. was a long time ago. Um, is that then you get little treacly bits in between the walnuts? Well, it's sort of a treacly chocolate tart. It's in our cookbook, actually. It's uh, it's phenomenal. It's one of those sort of, I mean, there's nothing healthy about it, but it's a dessert. Well, it's pudding. So there you go. So it's all brief for walnuts, yeah. but, you know. Yeah. Holly, in the um, sort of independent, you know, retail sector, do people, um, are nuts a big thing? You know, I know we're trying to get towards, you know, um, pa- you know, getting rid of packaging and all that. And people bring their own containers. Are you seeing that at all? I think uh, as more self-service retail formats are coming in, I think there's more of a um, they're perhaps more visible than they used to be. Mm. I I think that maybe they used to be hidden away in the baking section, yeah. <laughs> where maybe there wasn't a huge amount of footfall. Whereas now, with the, yeah, with these new snacking. formats coming in, um, healthy snacking coming to the fore as well. I think. Yeah, I think we're seeing more of them coming in. Well, we're going to get some advice um, from Sean in a minute. But I'm just going to tell you that walnuts are the oldest tree food known to man. You would have thought there were other nuts, wouldn't you? Dating back to 7000 BC. And early history indicates that walnuts came from ancient Persia, where they were reserved for royalty because they were so nice. Nobody else had them. Does that sound about right? It does. Um, English merchant marines transported the product for trade to ports around the world and they became known as English walnuts. I think they're still called English walnuts, aren't they, officially? Is yeah. that right? Yeah, Sean? when you look up the nutrition data for California walnuts, they're in English, English walnuts. walnuts. So they're the white, the pale, creamy, creamy yeah. ones. Yeah. And England, in fact, never grew walnuts commercially, apparently. No, some people have walnut trees in their garden, don't they? Yeah, yeah. I don't think anybody's sort of farmed no. No, as such. Indeed, indeed. I remember uh, where I used to live, um, there was a beautiful walnut tree uh, in the middle of somewhere or other and used to wait every year to, to go and um, pick them. Gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. Um, and the outer shed shell provided a natural protective layer helping to maintain the quality of the nut. So it's a lot of, like it's got its own packaging, mm. isn't it? Biodegradable as well. It is. Now... Weirdly, so it seems weird to me. So we've got, we've got a tree that, that, that hails from ancient Persia. It got sort of transported to in, England and was called English walnuts, although of course they're not. Um, and yet California walnuts supply two-thirds of the world's walnut trade. Yeah. So how, how, did, um, how did California end up being the centre of the walnut trade? It sounds, it sounds bizarre. Yeah, I guess it's a, uh, 
it's something that it's an ideal growing conditions for it there. So it's got an, an ideal climate, it gets the sunshine. Um, and yeah, I guess that, that that's Just like, and yeah, any chance in history. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, more than 99% of the walnuts in the, in the US are grown in California. It's said that the, the soil is very fertile there. California's Central Valley, but also the weather, I would imagine. So, so that those two combinations are probably just what makes it. Yeah, perfect. absolutely. Yeah, perfect. Now, the California Walnut Board, yes, there is such a thing, <laughs> was established in 1948 to represent the walnut growers and handlers of California. The California walnut industry is made up of nearly a hundred handlers and f- nearly just under five thousand growers. Wow. It's a lot of small, lot of small business now. Yeah, lots yeah. of family-based business that have been going for generation to generation. So that has real advantages. So, so what are people doing with walnuts? Because with that amount of volume, it can't be just like we were saying, you know, snacking. And and it must are they being used in? They must be being used in recipes and all sorts of things. Because yeah. I always think of them as being on a cheese board. I think they're lovely for a cheese board. Yeah, I, I think to, traditionally, um, maybe like you said, thinking about with cheese but it's really opened up into like you said in baking um certainly my middle child his favorite cake is coffee walnut cake mm, and good. and oh, you know forgot a, about that yeah, it's a classic yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's classic. a classic mm. um and except maybe you know there's nothing wrong with the occasional um cake or dessert but i think with advent of health also think used in things like salads you think about mm. classic salads um waldorf um is going to have walnut waldorf salads i've yeah. forgotten about that yeah. as well so waldorf mm-hmm. salad that's yeah apple. and i think now mm. moving towards where people are looking for alternative protein is that something you say a salad had something like bacon or croutons so that you could take those out and you could put walnuts so you get the crunch because that's what mm. people want they like that crunch mm. Um, and yes, to, uh, that sort of move towards plant-based eating, but also they can be used as a thickener. Um, so an alternative to something like cream, if you wanted to add that like sort of creamy taste to something, or even as a, a meat alternative. So um, they are pretty versatile. And I think it's like a lot of foods which people maybe know. I know how to use them in their very traditional form, but I think part of maybe the, the the walnut board in our job is to educate people where else you can use them and how versatile they are. Hmm. Do you use them in cooking? We um, generally have them yeah. in the cupboard and I would say they are one of those, I would say walnuts and hazelnuts, the two we kind of go to that are sort of, well, obviously everyone has almonds, but you know they're the sort of ones we throw in to add more sort of flavour and and stuff. See, I quite like them in salads, but also yogurt. So, you know, when you've got sort of yogurt mm. in the morning, I quite like fruit and nuts, but but yeah, walnuts and I like macadamia nuts as well, actually. Yeah, we didn't have those normally. Don't you? Don't know why, it's just, you know. They're quite oily. They are very oily. Um, you could also make sort of flowers and stuff with them. And that's actually, right. and it's yeah, quite and that's when you've got the, the sort of thickening com- yeah. comes in. And um, yeah, sort of adding to cereals or then yeah. just to. My husband that, that never has an, no cereal ever has enough nuts in, so he's <laughs> throwing an extra nuts. Yes. So, so you've got two Tupperware boxes in front. What, what's that then? Is, I've just put like some walnuts for you to, Oh, right, okay. Just in case you're feeling well, I think we should have some walnuts. Let's try of, some walnuts. Yeah. Post lunch yeah, snack. Post lunch snack. Um, so, so, how can you tell a good walnut from a bad walnut? Is there, can you tell? Well, I think you could just say that, that there's lovely. Um, uh, you know this sort of pale creamy texture um with with 
eat them fresh, eat them within six months of buying them. It's best to keep them in the fridge. Sometimes people don't really? really like really? that. Yeah, keep them wow. cool. And actually, if you are if you love walnuts and you, you, you bought some um, nice one, you know, you want to sort of get lots in, you can keep them in the freezer. So, and then just bring them out when you want them. So. Never knew that. Right, because they do go bitter sometimes, don't they? Yeah, because... Because I'm nut- of them sitting around in the cupboard. Too long. Yeah, yeah. because obviously nuts are a food where there's a lot of, you know, fat in mm. and nut. And so anything... Never Um, yeah. Yes. No. It's it's worth. It. And then you you know you can when you get a fresh nut and you get that you know you do get that lovely crunch. You get that delicious. Those are really creamy, clean mm. taste. Aren't they nice. Yeah. And I think that, I also think using nuts in more. I mean, it's a really dangerous thing to do. But you know, when you start to freestyle with baking, which is a stupid thing to do. Freestyle baking. Well, no, as in, like you follow a recipe, you think, yeah, but I'm going to add, add, add a bit more, bit more nuts. <laughs> Actually, the the, the 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 oiliness and the moisture that's within the nuts just totally changes the mm. texture of some of those cakes. Yeah, and it, that, again, it's that fact that gives it that lovely mouth feel, mm. that sort of mm. luxurious mouthfeel. And often people ask what a portion size is, and a portion size is a handful, which would be about 12 halves of these walnuts. So, again, if you do... Is this a... So, is a half... So, I, I mean, a traditional walnut that one looks at is sort of this gnarly thing with a sort of a flat back that looks like a pair of lungs. Oh, so like a brain. Yeah. Sort of yeah. like a brain. And so... And that's a half. Yeah, it would have... Two, two in, bits. Two in. Uh, and it's interesting you say it, it looks like a brain because, obviously, there is research coming now that um, walnuts can maybe uh, help with cognitive function and... I need as much help on that as possible, yeah, frankly. and certainly inflammation. So, um, and I think traditionally that's where, you know... Maybe They're so nice, aren't they? Yeah. They're so nice. They are. They're, they're such a good example of, you know, that we live in a world where food is so heavily processed. Mm. And there are times when, you know, one should be reminded of just trying, you know, whether it's a beautiful tomato or a really, you know, gorgeous apple or orange. Actually, you know, just a straight nut... Is, I mean, I'm sure you know you could really funk this up with a bit of spice and honey and all sorts of other things and deep fry them. Don't need to, yeah, or you know, roast, you don't need to. Or roast it, like you mm. said, or add, but you don't need. And and I think that that is a really good observation. I think it's like having a perfectly ripe piece of fruit or having a perfect nut. Is there is a deep pleasure in, mm. in eating? See, the thing with walnuts as opposed to almonds for me is that almonds need to be toasted. I think they're, they're, I don't like the outside of them much. Whereas these feel like. I don't know. They're extravagant and they've been slightly toasted, but that's the natural. That's the that's natural the nut. Yeah, that is the natural yeah. nut. Yeah, it was. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not going to criticise the people who put these shows together, but it would be nice if we paired this with beer, wouldn't it? I mean, you know, I could sort of really, you know, a couple of walnuts and a, and a really good IPA would have been great, wouldn't it? So negative feedback, you know. But <laughs> we had vodka the other day. I think we're having a vodka in a few weeks' time. You know. Yeah, the worst one was um, what did we have? We had um, milkshake and black pudding. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that? Mm. Oh, These are the ones we try and forget. That pudding they? and mm. shake another milkshake. Mm. Never mind. 
Um, I'll have a word with the team on your yeah. behalf, okay. Thank <laughs> it's you. About, it's about food pairings. This is a feedback. food show. <laughs> well, I mean, again, from a health point of view, about not drinking on an empty stomach, so it's ideal because you're having a handful of warts and it's going to be much more healthy than having well, a salty, savoury snack. So. Mm. So, mm. so better than your packet of ready-salted. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and what's the, the, the sort of, um, you know, your background as a registered dietitian what's what's the recommendations now in terms of of, of nuts because it's like well they're very fatty and you shouldn't have them you know etc cetera, etc cetera. um too many calories but are they good for you like having a you know a handful of nuts um it, yeah obviously a few times a week yeah definitely a- absolutely they they are, can be part of obviously part of a healthy balanced diet if you're mm. you've got a poor diet and lifestyle and you have a handful of nuts that will improve the quality do something to improve the quality of your diet, but it's not going to. It's, it's no. It's not a magic bullet. But um, certainly, we, we we're concentrating a lot now on diet quality. So looking at overall what makes up your diet from the food groups. You know, people get obsessed with this sort of single nutrient approach, and it actually that's sort of pulling back and looking at the overall. And certainly, so what do you mean by the single nutrient approach? So, like, don't eat sugar, don't eat fat, right, okay. don't eat salt, yeah. don't eat. And whereas, it's, it's, well, I'm having a high protein diet, I'm just eating loads of protein. Yeah, and, and, and it's about variety. So, it's it's is your diet providing enough energy for your lifestyle or for you know for for um, health, um, reducing your risk of disease, growth if you're, you're a child. Where are the nutrients coming from? You know, not, not fat, protein, um, vitamins, and minerals. And it's kind of making every mouthful count. So, eating something like a walnut, you're going to get protein, you're going to get fibre, you can get vitamins and minerals as well. But uh, traditionally, or in the past, people said, well, nuts are very high in fats, so they're high in calories, which is where portion comes in. So, um, especially if you're buying the family bags, it's a really good idea to. Um, portion them up, or have a maybe a little pot or something that you you know that that that's going to be your twelve, or you'll count them out, um, and that's going to give you around uh, two hundred calories. Although, again, we know because of the food matrix, which is how the walnut, if you like, is is made up. When if you smash the walnut up completely and analysed it in the lab and looked at how many calories it is, you get you would get about 196. Whereas when you chew it, you're not going to break it down totally. So some of the fat. You see, but I just don't get. The, I, I don't buy the calorie thing at all. Sorry, I just don't buy it. What do you mean? I, I just I think it's utterly ridiculous and random, and I can't see how it proves anything. But I, I, I don't understand why people. But you're you're, you're, you're talking about it as a, as, a, as an organising principle to help people organise their, their eating uh, habits. I think it's ridiculous. It's it's founded on nothing. What is it founded on? Well, I think it is a scientific measure of energy. Right. energy. Yeah. It, and but there's a saying: a calorie is a calorie until you eat it. And I think that that's uh, walnuts are a really good example of that because. Like I said, by you chewing, you're breaking down, opening up the cells, if you like, the fat's coming out. But you can't completely do them. So some of that, and it's about particle size, some of that was going to pass through you and probably pass right through you. Mm. So you're not going to get... But, you know, that's quite... uh, That that concept is explaining that to people. And um, so I think think rather than go down the calorie, maybe... Well, it's not really a rabbit hole, but I think that's a, a way people can just thinking about having 
you know, ha- having a some walnuts, having a handful, having a snack, or adding it to a salad, or making it part of a meal, is uh, is as part of a healthy balanced diet. And it's going to, you know, one of the things we're not getting enough of in the UK is fibre. Only ten percent of the UK population is fibre, so it's something we all need to have. Being encouraged to have a more plant-based diet that comes in, and they're interesting because they belong in the protein group because they are. Even though it's plant-based. Do you remember when Charlie Parker was on the show when we were doing the um, uh, Great British Chef research a few months back? Um, uh, Highly qualified um, nutritionist. Um, And her view as well was, look, people are cutting out things like dairy and all that Mm. sort of stuff. Uh, You know, growing girls, it's like, it's catastrophic. Yeah. Um, And, you know, it it is a bit of a worry that there's loads of swirling... Stuff going around in the media, which 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 much of which is rubbish and, and not particularly helpful. Yeah. Um, and I do think calorie controlled stuff is is difficult because you could eat five donuts a day for a week and you'd be inside your calorie allowance, whatever. And it, that, that clearly doesn't make sense. And, and and what we need to do is work out, as you said, it's about balance, isn't it? It Getting is. Getting all of those balances right and not not too much out of proportion. Yeah, definitely. And and, and you know the the first thing about food it, it, and nutrition is to enjoy your food. Mm. You know, food should be a pleasure and people get so, can I, can't I, you know, what, whatever. And it, it, it's just just food. I mean, food should be, like I said, be a pleasurable experience. But there's lots of other things going on in life. And I think part of it is everybody has to eat. So everybody has an opinion on it. Mm. And it's something that people want to know the answers. But you just have to be very careful where you're seeking your answers. Because, as you say, there's so much misinformation out there. Mm, and a lot of it is, is a bit irresponsible, I think. And look, yeah. we're, you know, we sit in a you know, privileged group that we work in the food industry and therefore we are, you know, what I, what I describe as the culinary conscious who, you know, may overindulge in, in certain food groups or, you know, drink groups at times, but I think we kind of understand the broad principles. I think the really complicated thing is trying to distill that into people who aren't fully engaged in the food mm. world. And you do confusing. end up with... It's confusing and... You know, actually, a lot of stuff is is quite alienating, and you just don't quite, you know, how you engage people in the world of, you know, plant based or get people to, you know, eat new things is difficult. Um, do you think, Sean, that governments are often to blame as well in in that they will make some mandate that somehow you should do this or you should do that, and then everybody goes, okay, well, that's what we're supposed to do, and then it turns out to be really fundamentally wrong. I think when the government does um, make recommendations, certainly in nutrition, that is based on the best available science at, at the at time. At the time, yeah. yes. And as we know, part of science is is, is it, it changes. You know, I think um, a good example is when taking your tonsils out. I remember when there's lots of people had the tonsils. Ice cream. And they used to tell people to have ice cream, soft <laughs> yeah. foods. Now they tell people to have scratchy foods. So it's kind of as as you as you have more science then and it, it's I think it's more a case of teaching people how to interpret science and how science works rather than saying the experts can't agree or saying how it and so it the government advice is given on the best of our available advice for the population. Now we've got huge individual. How can you have the best available advice? Is you have ice cream and then and then it's scratchy. You, you know, and, and, you and the government's told us all that we need to buy diesel cars, and then all of a sudden we're, well, no, we're the, poisoning everybody. The industry, the industry, the industry. Oh. But, but but what I'm saying is, but that's supposedly based on science. It, just, it doesn't feel but as we all particularly know, science rooted. Is manipulated. Yeah, well, that's and the fact is, with all data and with all stuff, you can tell the story you want to tell. You know, mm. you, you can, and and 
you know, obviously I'm here talking about walnuts. To, and I think that a good point to make there is um, California walnuts uh, um, obviously do a lot of scientific research, a lot of health-based research. And interesting about them, they publish everything. Mm. So, you know, there's this move called all trials about if you have a trial, you register it. But there was no follow-up at the end to say, have you published it? So yeah. then you get things like publication bias and things like that. Whereas... Somebody like that California wants to do the research and they'll publish everything. So you know whether, you know, whatever the results, you're going to see what they've, they've done the research and what the outcome will be. But with all due respect, that's a natural product that comes out of the ground. I mean, I would imagine that the chocolate industry or somebody else, you know, is not going to do that because because their product is fundamentally not particularly healthy. Right, I can't it, comment. Yeah, no, no, yeah. absolutely. But what I'm saying is, you know, in some respects, all we've got to do is eat closer to nature. And and, and, and that's, that's surely that's a good start for anybody. Try and, try and cook from scratch and try and get stuff as, you know, as much close to nature as you as, as you can, and, and surely that's got to be that's got to be a good start, even if you, yeah, you can't and, find your way around everything but else. This, but this is where the difficulty obviously comes from, which is that you know that's a really really good principle. But mm. as you were saying earlier, it takes confidence to sort of go, okay, well, how can I use a walnut? How can I use you know something in a creative fashion? And you know, actually, most people would look at a walnut and be like, I don't know what to do with it. Yeah, and and, that, and that's a that's a real issue. You know, yeah. I mean, we, we've all got ideas and we're all like, oh, yeah, okay. But actually, your average UK consumer would probably not be consuming a walnut unless oh. it was in a baking environment. Yeah, and we've got privilege of choice and we, we've got a, a well-equipped kitchen, we've got a, a good income. So it's you've got to, again, look at the socioeconomic factors mm. um, of being able to provide. And it's... You know, it's eating the best quality food that you can afford, and you're you're able to to prepare. But obviously, um, yeah, mm, difficult. Franco, um, uh, you you've been working quite a lot in terms of the traffic light system. Um, you know, I remember us meeting a few years ago and looking looking at some of the stuff that you're doing. Can you just explain what the traffic light system is? Because because you know, a lot of the industry was encouraged to try and use it, but some people steadfastly decided not to. I think um, the answer to that is that, that it enables a consumer at a glance to, to make choices. So, you know, with uh, the FSA guideline, um, you know, in Public Health England, the more green panels you have, the healthier a product is. So uh, you have uh, red, obviously not so good or not good at all, uh, then you have amber, not too bad, and and green, which is obviously the um, the preferred. And and that measures so that normally gives you calories, which is you know uh, think about that. Calories aren't aren't included fat, in. Yeah, sorry, and then it's, it measures fat, then it measures saturates, sugars, and salt. That's right. That's yeah, right. and those that's that's generally the, the, the traffic light thing. Yeah. Do, do you have to put calories on? No, no calories are are separate. Uh-huh. Um, uh, and there are specific guidelines to the fats uh, and sugars and salt. Um, so uh, sugar is under five percent, uh, and that's that's based on your sort of daily intake. And then that would that's be right, yeah. it's got to be under a certain amount in order for it to be green. And then presumably that's correct, there's, yeah. there's, there's there's sort of guidelines for that. So if I look at the stuff that you make here, Bocca, these bars which um, I've had before, very nice. Um, they're all green all the way through. Yeah. So all of those four things are green. Yeah, that was um, uh, when I decided to embark on this journey of making 
a healthier cereal bar. Um, it, it was really because um, I couldn't believe how most cereal bars were so so bad for you, you know, and it was disingenuous really to put them in a sort of, in the category of healthier products and, you know, when you could have a Kit Kat and it was probably, you know, better for you. They are, there is the, the sugar content of some of those, what I would call, Big FMCG. Frightening. Frightening. And they, but you taste them and they are so sweet. They're so sweet. Yeah. And I think um, uh, um, it, it was, it was a real shocker. And we, you know, there was a study uh, recently of around 23 bars done by a nutritionist. And um, it was, it was amazing. The average was all uh, red and amber. And we were the only all green traffic light. And um, it, it's been a, a bit of a journey because I, I, I developed them with a friend of mine. And um, when, I, uh, when I said I wanted to make, um, you know, a cereal bar that was going to be all green traffic light, he thought I was mad. He probably thought um, it was impossible. Though, yeah. It? Sorry, we're chumping on your... No, bars that's while fine, you're yeah. So, and it, it took about three years. Uh, in fact, when we uh, last uh, met in mid-2016, we'd just launched. And it, and it was actually, we were approached... Uh, and I didn't know anything about sequin then, and, and still a lot of people don't, obviously. Why so what is they? that? Well, sequin is a guideline uh, that's followed by hospitals and um, is uh, introduced by the government. And it's about, uh, well, it covers all of best practice in, in hospital. Um, but the area that's interest to us is obviously the, um, the snacking. So, the, yeah, vending machines, but also the, caf- the cafes and the restaurants. So... Um, uh, so they had to remove any high sugar, high fat products from visible sites. So they yep. kind of hide them away. Yep. Um, and we were approached by Blackburn Hospital, a chap there called Tim Radcliffe, catering manager, really innovative. And and if they hit their targets, they would uh, get money back from the government. And so with this program that he'd started, and it encompassed, you know, foods in the kitchen, you know, uh, where, where meats come from, um, it... We, we we launched in June 2016, and because of our green traffic lights, he was able to put them at the till points, which was which for us was was really interesting. Um, and from there, other other hospitals followed um, because you know I, I think we're still the only show in town in terms of all green traffic yeah. lights to be able to sit at till points and then vending machines, but. Sean, you've got some earlier. you've got some experience in vending machines, haven't you? In terms yeah. of the sort of dietary stuff, what, what what's your normal findings in vending machines? I, I I think they are getting better. You must admit, in terms of of, of options, they are. And, and part of the problem is actually finding um, either sizes to stock in them or um, products to stock in them that can give people um, the choices that they want. So. I think it's it's interesting. I think sometimes with cereal bars, you have to remember that some of the sugar is going to be coming from fruit. Fruit, yeah. And yeah. obviously fruit, um, uh, yeah, that has to be borne in mind. Um, so so how successful are these? Are you finding, is, is it just the health sector that... Uh, I, well, I mean, we, we, you know, we're obviously a very tiny company and we're up against, you know, all the big FMCG... Um, you know all the usual suspects um, who are who have got incredibly deep pockets, but we do have a unique USP. Uh, and when I developed them, it wasn't for me about low sugar. As it happens, we sort of hit that wave of the interest in low sugar. For me, it was about uh, 
the, the fats as well as sugar. So it was about the green yeah. panels. And, uh, and um, it, it started out because I, I listened to a talk given by Judith Batchelor, um, who was uh, is head of own label for Sainsbury's. And she talked about how they'd introduced the nutritional traffic lights on their own range of grab-and-go products. And what they noticed was that people were shopping by colour. The more green, the, the more they were selling. But, and well, that's quite me, visual, isn't it? Yeah. And that for me, was that was my light bulb moment to mm. get me, you know, three years, 80 trials later, and then launching in... Um, uh, in uh, uh, Blackburn Hospital. Yep. And then at, in fact, it was at FML where we were approached by um, Sainsbury's. And so at the time we had an older style packaging, so we had to go through a whole redesign, which meant a lot of wasted packaging, a lot of money. Uh, and then we relaunched, or not relaunched, or the new design launched in Sainsbury's. Um, it was, well, 2017, Mm. 2018, I think, beginning of January 2018. Uh, and we've been in Sainsbury's and, and we've recently been talking to another supermarket going into into there. But since then, the what's happened because of Sequin, uh, a lot of corporate, big corporates are sort of following, not Sequin, but their own corporate yeah. responsibility. And so we, you know, we're in places like, you know, all the big players, Google, yeah. Lloyd Banking Group. So we're so, quite um, big in food service. I don't know if you've been. Have you been into Google or, or, or Amazon at all? Not for a while. No, have you? Have you? Uh, no. So, so when you go in there, that they're extraordinary now. That they they will provide huge amounts of food for their staff, often for free or incredibly subsidised. I think yeah, Google I, do it for free, and and um, you'll go in there and there's salad bars and there's coffee shops and there's snacks and there's and I think it's interesting that it feels to me like they're taking corporate responsibility for their staffs they, they are and in fact food we've, intake, we've um, which is extraordinary in, yeah we've just gone into BA for their staff boxes uh, mm. and for we cover we sort of uh, supply all the short hauls for, for all their BA staff and you know uh, BA are very proactive even then their lounges and uh um, and certainly Lloyd's Banking Group. I mean, lots of big corporate sites. And, and you're right, Google do actually offer free to, to, to I think their, it costs them $30 a head a week. Like it's called person. the Google Stone as well. Yeah, yeah, that there is there is a side to it where it's, well, I, won't, no, but, I won't go out for lunch, I'll, no, I'll carry on working. Put on, oh, is it? They put on a stone normally in the first two months. And then it's like, okay, I've got to stop going, you know, because obviously suddenly, you know, you can graze in a way like, you know, you're at an amazing buffet. It's like, oh, I'll just nip down and pick up a... Even though you know, it's, in inverted commas, healthy, people are eating yeah, too well, much of it. too much of it. Mm. But, I mean, so, so then they need to have a programme where they like eat well at work and telling people about putting the right fuel in and helping their yeah. concentration. Presume that that still bottoms out. It's like being a kid in a sweet yeah, shop because yeah, yeah, you, you get bored of it. But I think, I think what's interesting when corporates are doing that is, you know, there's lots of vitality health that are really good at looking at this data to talk about the... Best, best, I think, fittest place to work, best place to work. And they've got really interesting correlations between actually, you know, if your workplace is healthy, you know what, it's in the interest of the company of because is, yeah. people have less sick, less sickies, they have less, you know, health issues, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, you know, and they're happier. So mm. what can you do to make them better? But Sean, it, it does really help if it's if it takes longer and it's more effort to go outside, walk along the street for ages and then go and find something unhealthy. And that takes more effort to be unhealthy than it is when you're in the workplace because there's healthy stuff available. So, so, so part of it is, is, you know, if you can make it more difficult to be unhealthy, then, then 
that, that that's that's a sort of good thing, isn't it? Because well, we're sort of quite negative. So let us say make it easier to be healthy. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. So it's and positive. So it's a positive thing, yeah. and, and it's more difficult to be unhealthy, is what I'm trying to say. I yeah. think. But then it's important, I think, to get a you know that whole thing about getting away from your desk and moving around yeah. and getting some fresh air. So again, it comes it comes back to balance, and it's a bit like it, one thing I'd say about the, the traffic lights is that. Um, Again, studies have shown that people think that they should only eat greens. Now, if you only ate green traffic lights all the time, then you'd miss out on some important nutrients. So it's sort of eat mostly amber and green, but have red sometimes because you think about foods like cheese or um, mackerel, oily fish or something, and it's got essential fatty acids in, like the walnuts have the plant-based ALA in. Um, then that's something you could. So that's interesting. It's going back to what you were saying about messages. It's getting the message across so and making sure that people un- understand. But it, that's why I think traffic lights are really useful for certain categories. So if yes. you take a ready meal, right? Actually, it's really useful to kind of go quick glance. Is this a really healthy one or a really unhealthy one? Or in the confectionery area, am I eating something that's absolutely packed full of everything that's terrible? So, yeah. Or, or if you're comparing two products, so you, like you say you've got your you've made that decision to purchase that item, but you think actually I want to watch the salt in my diet, or yeah. or I want to look to look at that. So then it can really help. And there's an argument people don't understand percentages or numbers, but most people know if something's one number's bigger than another. And I actually think it, it, certain categories shouldn't have traffic lights at all. I mean, I'm not even so sure chocolate should have it i think we all know chocolate should be a treat and that but that's the problem though we've forgotten that certain things are treats and we're eating them every single day and it you know it's no longer a treat but then but then you take you know we've had willie from willie's good cow on this show before and you know actually his hundred percent bar it's not a treat you know it's well it is a treat i mean it's, it's pretty punchy um but i mean it's you know there's no sugar in it and there's no added anything apart from you know but that tends to be used for cooking, though, doesn't no, it? No, no, no. That is no, actually no, no. people actually it's really eat nice. those straight. Oh, really? I mean, you, you've got to be of a certain yeah. disposition. Mm. I mean, it's a great product. I, yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's not, but, you know, it's, it's, that's a treat, but it's a different kind of, you know. It's, but I, I don't think you should put nutrition necessarily, you know, uh, traffic lights rather on, on things like nuts because I think nuts are, are really good for you. I, I think it's for, 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 for things like processed food and for, yeah, yeah. For, for my type of category, uh, you know, I'm not, you know, I, I used to be a chef and... You know, food to me is is everything. That's why I did exactly this. This is about a snack you're having when the UK is the biggest snacking market in Europe. And it's about that. So, you know, do I have something that's got 23% sugar or do I have something that's got less than 5% sugar? Because if, you know, I want to use my sugar wisely and Mm. however you get your sugar, it's still sugar, you know. Holly... this is um, it's so complicated and so difficult to find your way through. How are the, how's the independent retailers doing on this? I mean, do, do they sort of just circumnavigate it because actually they don't have sort of ready meals in general and all that sort of stuff? Or, or, or are they trying to be healthier? Because then when you go shopping there, you know, if you know what I mean. I think um, what works in their favour is that, that the sh- people shopping there trust that the buyers that the small team who's kind of bringing those products in... They're curating. They're curating it. Yeah. They know what they're talking about. They wouldn't be bringing in sugar-filled, preservative-filled kind of products. Like so, so they expect the the owner to be the gatekeeper? I think so. so. So when you go into Whole Foods, they say that none of our products have palm oil, none of our products have this, none of our products... So that as soon as you go in there, you go, OK, well, I know there's a, there's a, you know, there's a gate here before I even 
choose what I want. Yeah, I think so. But I think as well... That's an opportunity, isn't it, for the for the independent sector? Yeah, I think so. Um, but also, I, I suppose that when most people don't do their weekly shop at an independent, you wouldn't, you know, every Sunday morning go to a deli and get everything. Um, and so I think that when people are buying, from my experience anyway, when I'm buying a snack from a farm shop or a deli, it's probably going to be a bit of a treat. I'm probably going to spend a bit more money on it. You know, it's probably going to be chocolate covered or, you know. So so I think kind of the people running the shops, the people visiting the shops, they kind of, they're maybe more likely to know what they're going in for than maybe... Before they go in. Before they go in. Um, I don't know if that answers the question. (laughs) Well, I I think it's an opportunity for, for, for the independents because what they can say is, we've done a lot of this work for you. Because it is blooming complicated, yeah. it is difficult. So we don't have this, we don't have that, we don't have artificial ingredients or whatever it is, and 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 you know they've they've done that for you yeah. b- before you go in. And I think they can. I mean, the space will probably be smaller. They can probably have a kind of healthy snacking display. You know, mm. healthy picnic options or healthy. I don't know. They can just. I think because the connection is so much closer between them and the shopper. There could be more clear education and more communication there. going more on. More communication. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think one of the biggest sectors that I worry about is the kids, you know, snack section. You know, because actually trying to encourage kids to snack well is, you know, fundamental to kind of the future health of this country. And it, you know, it's, you know, as a parent, it's a battle. You know, you you know, you know, they want, you know, they, you know, they find things like Haribo and you know other sweets and they enjoy them. And oh, no, they're terrible. But but oh, but you know we all had sweets as kids and you know they, oh, yeah. they have that. But it's about that balance and helping them understand. You know I think I think a lot of this stuff is about education and trying to teach the right habits and all of that kind of stuff. And it's really difficult. And yeah, as you say, it's exactly. complicated. Example as well. You know if you're doing you're modelling that behaviour for your children. Mm. Yes, yeah. Ollie. <laughs> hey, listen. We had we had um, my, 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 my my son's snack box today contained. Um, a really good wife of Bath cheese. I mean, I'm not. He actually, we got okay, it. Okay, so Sean, where do we, we've got Neil Jardarian next week? Where do, mm. where where do we stand on cheese? I mean, I adore cheese, yeah. and I think British people do. Yes. actually love their cheese. Yeah. So is that just should that be like ice cream? You know, it's a treat, or 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 no, it, it should be part of a balanced, balanced diet. diet. Daily, <laughs> daily, daily, daily yes, balanced diet. but I think cheese. You know, the cheese, you can open the fridge to get the cheese out and you take a bit off and then you cut the bit of cheese you want and then you take another bit off and put it back in the fridge. So actually maybe you've... Um, a portion of cheese is like your two thumbs together. No, it's not. So, <laughs> <laughs> for a child, um, right? <laughs> but it's a great uh, snack for... for um, yeah, and it obviously it helps with den- dental health, yeah, yeah, and it's a provider of calcium. No, so you've done a good job there. Yeah, I, 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 well done. It was, it was an expensive bit of cheese. Well, like, I, want I hope that. you're going to give him some walnuts tomorrow. How old is he? Do you know, he? you can't. It's a nut-free school. Oh, so the, a bar because uh, ours, because of the green traffic lights, they're, they're, they're suitable for children. Great, well, I'll, I'll see, I'll see if Idris and we'll Amar can be our, can be our test. Well, case, in fact, we, we've just started our campaign on TV. We've just, uh, uh, the only snack brand to advertise on Nickelodeon so that's that went out from Saturday so wow. and that's all about lunch boxes mm. Mm. so it's a nut free school they all are it's a meat Hello. free and nut free school meat free it's meat free as well oh. in in what they what they say in the pack in the, in the in the prepared lunch that they get it's meat free and i love it he comes back and goes I had the most delicious sausages today i'm like yeah, yeah I bet you did <laughs> 
Well, you can have walnuts with this after school stuff. <laughs> and so why do they do that? It's, I can understand the peanut. I can understand no, the they nuts. Just, they've just got, they've got nut allergies. And, and you know, they're, they're just not prepared to take the risk. It's also right. um, latex. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, these, these institutions are, are paranoid now. I'm sure. And actually, I remember going around the Science Museum the other day and there was a, a family who was sitting down and they were cracking open some... Some nuts, pistachios, actually, I think, and and, um, and this one mother came up and went and was literally hysterical because she's like, my child has an allergy. You've got to get that out of here. And you know this idea of public space and and, and the question of what should be allowed in the public space. And you sort of go, well, if your child has a serious allergy to nuts, you'd be pretty hysterical in those situations. So it's, I mean, it's a really complicated and interesting it's a really debate. Difficult it's really argument. difficult. It's part really of me difficult. thinks that that is so wrong. Then part of me thinks, hmm. If it was me, I'd be there. Well, yeah. yes. It's hard, you know, isn't it's it? Really it's very hard. hard. It's really hard. Mm. Um, and, and Sean, do you think people are, are getting more allergies? I mean, the, the increase in allergies are phenomenal. Um, you know, why is that? Is it because we've got a generation being who've been brought up on industrialised food and whose parents were brought up on industrialised food? Or is it is it we're so blooming, you know, um, I don't know, sterile, you're not allowed to touch this, and that actually in the end we're not building up resistance What's yeah that's view? definitely one of the one of the reasons um also we're better at diagnosing them better at yep. recognizing them and i think you have to differentiate between you know uh people avoiding foods versus people being yeah, truly um, allergic so yep. certainly when they've <clears throat> excuse me done research about up to 30 percent of people think that they have an allergy or intolerance when actually if you look at it if you were to test it it's it can be between three and eight percent so it's um and and that's not uh, I, i'm not um not, not sort of being compassionate about it um so i think but definitely early exposure to allergens and maybe things that we used to avoid and like you said we live in a very clean in environment so but, but, but it's only getting cleaner if you've got a latex free peanut free meat free what's it free schools that everybody's going to i'm just worried it makes it worse i know but, it's difficult to handle and i'm not blaming them but what i'm saying is go are we perpetuating it and make it even worse i don't know and look i think the answer is you've got to make sure there are safe spaces where if there is a child and i don't know if, if actually this was put in place because there was a child with a serious nut allergy i'm not aware of that but you know, you've got you know in your home the game. You know the game is to introduce some stuff. Potentially, we did some research on gluten free, and about thirty percent of the UK is trying to reduce their gluten intake, and of that, a third is medically diagnosed. They say, as in, gluten does not agree with me. That's medical diagnosis, as in by a professional, and also personal medical diagnosis, as in I have come to the conclusion that it does not agree with me. Yeah. But, but which is, look, for me, I think with foods, you know, we all know there are certain things where, like, we, that doesn't work for me. Yeah. Um, but it means that 10% of the I'm UK... I not die. Well, no, but a, a you bad... know, I mean, there's stuff that I know that if I eat bread, you know, in the evening, I do feel a bit bloated, but, you know, I'm not going to die. It just doesn't make me feel brilliant. Mm. It doesn't mean to say I'm allergic to... No, no, no. You know, so people are being a little bit dramatic sometimes yeah. in how they describe that. I'm not saying it doesn't, you know, And have also an the whole thing about food, um, um, it, it disordered eating as well. If you yeah. say, I'm not eating that because... I want to lose weight. It, it maybe infers that you're overweight, whereas you say, I'm not eating that because I've got an intolerance to it. Or it, it can be a way of hiding way, yeah. other yeah. disordered eating. And, and that, of course, is completely different from having a medical condition. So I am, I'm, I'm completely, you know, those two things are very different. Absolutely. But, but I also think the younger generation is pushing this. I mean, we, we had a barbecue the other day and there were three kids under the age of three, one of whom was mine, and the two three-year-olds self-identified as vegetarians. 
That's three. That's it still three. makes me want to cry. No, but it's really interesting. I mean, and and and, uh, and uh, one of the parents great. had uh, a, had a vegetarian parent. Eat more plant based. Brilliant. But identify completely as vegetarian. Yeah, no, they're absolutely, and would not, would not. But no, but it's really what's what's interesting is, I mean, for me, it's not about the judgment. It's like, wow. Where do you get that from? Where does that come from? Exactly. How does that come from? The the narratives around food, and I think it's quite interesting that you know these are people with you know very healthy relationships to food as parents, but actually the children are making a choice and one of them is one of their mothers a vegetarian has them eats very very well and you know they've absolutely got the right diet for the kid but you're just really interesting they're absolutely like, nope i'm a vegetarian and i think with the whole it, it's it, this stuff is it's gonna only get more complicated i'm i'm you know i well i really i really you know worry about people in food service because good luck to you chaps. Oh how word. difficult is it yeah it's, it's becoming impossible almost for the small businesses certainly i think it's becoming yeah. very very difficult and it's the first thing now people asking in a restaurant have you got any yeah. Allergies, have you got that's the first thing they ask? It is, now. I mean, it really is now a question. Before you even sit down. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm always like, no, no, it's fine. <laughs> I don't, no. Yeah, I don't mind. I'm not allergic to anything. Sorry about that. <laughs> we're lucky. We're lucky. Yeah, yeah, maybe we are. Um, so, final word from you, Sean. Any tips on the future? Is this is this going to get worse? Are there, do you think plant based is here to come? Do you think nuts oh, are going to be part, more part of our diet? Any, uh, any particular pointers from you? Definitely. I think we should all be eating more plant based and nuts, especially California walnuts, be an important part of that. And also, I think that whole thing about um, teasing the fact from the fiction with with health, you know, the, the biggest kill, killer in the UK is coronary heart, you know, heart disease and, mm. and strokes and understanding, it's not about magic bullets, but something, you know, like walnuts that can help with heart health or things like blood pressure as part of a healthy balanced diet, but it's food and it's sleep and it's physical activity and stress and I just think making it e- easy for people uh, and making it pleasurable. With nice simple messages as yeah. opposed to contradictory ones. Um, and Franco, are you, you know, this couple of years on now since since I last met you and you, you, you're developing this, um, people being more conscious of this and, and trying hard to be healthier? Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, since we've launched, we've noticed a, a big difference. We were able to introduce a new flavour um, and yeah, we've uh, our social media. We see on that a lot. Um, we get uh, and just last weekend we were at um, Runfest Run, which was uh, something organised by Chris Evans. It's based around Carfest, and it was about being healthy. Uh, and it, we do a lot of sampling, but not generally to the consumer. Um, it's normally in hospitals and places like that, B two B more. Um, but we had positive reaction from children's and and there it was about lunch boxes really and it was lots of children really liking it and really engaging uh, and their parents being more aware of it being more aware of traffic mm. lights and or, yeah. or at least knowing that green is good and red yeah, I is think bad a lot, I think a lot of parents are really trying hard to yeah. to do a lunch box that that is quite varied was you know, yeah, it used to yeah. be a sandwich for... and a bag of crisps was what I sort of got, sort of thing. Because, because well, there weren't many options, yeah, really, and it was quick and cheap. And yeah. But now there's some really interesting options, I think. But we're getting, mm. as well, um, uh, parents, mums, normally mums, who, who are doing the weekly shop, saying buy it for their husbands to put in their car because yeah. when you stop at a petrol station... Stop having a Ginsters. It's really difficult to stop find, it. you know, yeah. find something healthy. Stop having a meat and what's it, pasty. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I have, I have not eaten one of those. Do they, still, do they still exist? They do still exist, I believe. I yeah. yeah, you haven't eaten one of those, have you? Never, never, no, never, never have, never will. I was very proud of mine. I'm my... not even sure I've ever had one actually. They're just not appealing. When did they? you last have a golden arch? What's a golden arch? I'm just not using their brand name. 
Oh, uh, at the end of last year, after a gig. (laughs) Slightly worse for wear, about two in the morning. I can get away with that, I I think. I think that's allowed. That's allowed. The gig was good. I can't remember. Ten years, probably. 2000. Maybe. But surely their their 100% beef burger, very simple, in a bun, is healthier than no. lots of other things. No, it's, no? it's the ethics of it. It's all um, well, the yeah. ethics is in that. It's removing the ethics. Chemically, aren't? you know, extracted beef from all parts of the cow that you oh, really don't want to know about, pe- which allows oh, them to say beef when actually thing. it's bits that you wouldn't really want to eat. Plus, well, actually, you and I would be quite cool with that. Plus, the bun that's stuffed I full of sugar. they removed um, the bun. The is in, it's got loads of sugar in it. Yeah. For no reason, and it's massive amounts. Well, there salt. is a reason, isn't it? Because it's easier to eat. Salt, yeah. sugar, chemically extracted. No, not chemically. Mechanically extracted. No, you don't want to know. No, I don't want to know any of that. Yeah. Things. Yeah. Actually, just on that, uh, one thing I th- which I big I'm plug sued for, um, <laughs> which is there's a great new show at the VNA, um, which is all about food. And I yeah, went to the other day, and it's really, really interesting. And it talks about, you know, there are times, I'm going to end the show on a positive one note. Yeah, on go. actually, that you know, you go around the show and you go, wow, people are innovating. And they're innovating in exciting ways. And there's loads of crazy stuff there about people turning, like, coffee grinds into cups and taking the husks of corn and turning it into lacquer floors. And there's just stuff where you go, Amazing. wow you know, humanity has a chance of survival because we're really innovative. And there's obviously all the sort of negative stuff. So you get we're, we're only innovative it. when it's like at the last, you know, know. 11th hour because know. because it's a burning platform, you have to. But, yep. but, but yeah, people are amazingly innovative. All right, go to the v show. Okay, it's really I good. want to. Really good. Top tip there from Ollie. Thank you, Ollie. So on the plate so, or something. Yeah. So um, our guests today have been Franco Beer from Boca. Thank you for joining us, Franco. Thank you very much. And um, we'll keep up with your story as you, as you go along. Um, Sean, with your uh, interesting background in all sorts of areas, fingers in all sorts of yeah. pies, um, from California walnuts to to being on the telly and to, to, to being a dietitian, um, thank you for joining us. It, it's it's a complicated thing to find your way through, isn't it? It is. It's and really I, difficult. Yeah, science is a... Uh, nutrition is a uh, science of nuance, really, and <laughs> context. Mm. <laughs> don't know how to explain that. I mean, I just think that with science, there's never an answer. There's never a definitive answer. So it's always, as you say, it's always shades of things, which, which is what makes it so difficult. Um, so you've been listening to the Food Talk show. Um, I feel cross- quite frustrated <laughs> after all of that. I don't know why. I, I just think it's because it's, as a parent, I remember it's just so difficult, isn't it, to do the right thing? And you want to do the right thing as a parent. I just find it really hard. But it's about empowerment. That is ultimately, yeah. it's about empowerment to, to, and look, I actually think in the digital world we live in, it's, it's the one message is you've got to give these kids the ability to make the right decisions. Yeah, uh, the no information to, yeah. to make the right decisions, yeah. So um, we're syndicated radio stations across the UK and further afield, as well as being available on Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, iTunes, and the podcast app on your phone. Thank you so much to our fellow presenters, Ollie Lloyd. Thank you. Great to be here as usual. As usual. Thank God we weren't on Viagra Curry again. And Holly Shackleton, editor of Speciality Magazine. Thank you, Holly. Thank you. Um, if you want to recommend any future guests, someone doing something groundbreaking in the food sector, please do get in touch with us via Twitter on at Food Talk Show. Or if you want to listen to any of our hundreds of podcasts, go to foodtalk.co.uk. I hope you have a good week. Bye. Bye.